0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Your American Heritage. My name is Ed Bondarenka, and I am a normal cisgendered white male. I am non binary okay? So, but why the heck would you care what my pronouns are? I'll be honest, I don't care what yours are. So, I just uh, thought I'd introduce myself there, as most people do these days, and give their pronouns and whatever, and you got to remember, I am... Not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. And working the board and the phone lines is Derek Stone. He's the hardest working man in radio, but he makes it all look so easy. He's that good. Derek, what are your pronouns? My pronouns would be simply me and I. That, 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 that I would sig- say that those would be my preferred pronouns. Oh, good. Derek also hosts Stone Cold Sports Sundays at noon thirty. Right after my friend Sean Todd, The Rockin' Rev, on The Intersection at noon. It's not your normal fluffy Christian show. I hope you're not tired of hearing that. I just, you know, wouldn't be this show if I didn't play that. On a more serious note, it's day 367 of the coup. The theft of the American government, a government at war with you. You who won't bow down and worship Caesar, who won't make the government your god, A totalitarian regime or regime wannabe cannot share power with a living God or share your allegiance with someone else. They want it all to themselves. Now The government wants to force you to take an injection that is demonstrably killing people, enriching them, and not protecting anyone. That's pretty warlike. We must realize that this is a spiritual battle. And to fight this spiritual battle, you've got to follow the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies said it before, actually a lot of people have, Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and the one in whom I take refuge. I was reading the Psalms recently and I came across this one and I like it because it validates something that we were talking about with Doug Giles just a few weeks ago on imprecatory prayer. That's prayer where you pray that God intervenes and protects you against your enemies. And I like this one, it says, in my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you or what shall be done to you, you false tongue? sharp arrows of the warrior, with coals of the broom tree. What was me that I dwell in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kadar? My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Well, let's go to war. And when I say let's go to war, I mean, let's pray. But let's do spiritual battle in our prayer, okay? Because We've got to protect this country. We have to stand up for this country. We have to pray for this country. And I think we're seeing results of that. I think a lot of people have woken up to this. So let's go to war. Father, please lead us and guide us today and in the days to come. Please give us the wisdom we need as we fight this assault on our nation. And please help us retake this government from these traitors and criminals. And please continue to awaken the American people to their plans for us. Please move mightily and either bring these oppressors to a place of repentance or imprisonment. I ask you to protect this nation and deliver us from our oppressors. Remove from power those who threaten our livelihood and income, those who would drive down the value of our savings and the ability to pay our bills to enrich themselves. Imprison us for opposing their nefarious plans for us. I ask that you lead us and guide us in the days ahead and you give us favor. Please defend us. And please encourage people to turn to you for support and strength amen thank you now i'd like to introduce my guest today but i don't have one he didn't show up so we'll carry on without him we have a government that is pro-death of you not them all right they're all for death but they're all for protecting themselves from death they are oh Malthusians. They want to reduce the standing population, pretty much like that uh, that quote out of Dickens, out of *Christmas Carol*. You know, reduce the amount of people. Um, and this ineptocracy. Now, that's a word I list, I learned from a friend of mine online. Ineptocracy insists on protocols that almost doom people to death in hospitals and homes for the aged. Our own governance is an example of this. They deny and criminalize treatment that has been proven around the world to relieve suffering and death from COVID. I, I am so sorrowful to read of the number of deaths. People who are well, like Alison Lakowski, for one. Other people, friends of mine, friends of friends on Facebook who have relatives and loved ones. Uh, people on blogs that I frequent. Please pray. Please help us because... Uncle so-and-so, my mom, my dad, my brother, they're in the hospital and they're on, an, on intubation and we don't know what to do for them. And in some cases, people have been able to get law- lawyers to intercede and force the hospital administrations to defy their own rules and supply z uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and these people have turned around. Well, what is it about a government that insists that doctors not, that doctors not um, provide these tools to protect those who are sick? This is this is not just ineptocracy. This is an attempt to thin the population. This is an attempt, part of their whole... Um, Build back better, crash everything, start it back up again the way they want it done. And, you know, killing off a bunch of old people who remember the values of the Constitution is one way of doing that. So
1: <sighs>
0: they're betted by many in the media and commerce in their effort. I, I want to play this, of all things, Howard Stern. You may have heard this, you may not have, but this is just pathetic. This is Howard Stern. If it was up to me, anyone unvaccinated would not be admitted to a hospital. At this point, they've been given plenty of opportunity to get the vaccine. They don't trust our government. They think that there's some conspiracy to turn them into a magnet or something like this. Now, if you don't get it, in my America, uh, all hospitals would be closed to you. You're going to go home and die. Now. Oh, that's wonderful. I feel so warm and fuzzy over that. I wonder how many people listening to Howard Stern said, "Eh, I don't think I'll be listening to Howard Stern anymore. Now, here's something else I learned yesterday. January 14th, an internal memo from Chief Executive Officer Mark Vallade of Carhartt surfaced on social media. The memo focuses on the Dearborn, Michigan-based company's response to the Supreme Court ruling on the Biden administration's VAX rules for large workforces, which, of course, the high court struck down. Despite the ruling, Vallade wrote that Carhartt would maintain its corporate policy of requiring its 5,500 workers to be vaccinated. He said, quote, many of you have asked how the recent Supreme Court decision on the OSHA mandate will impact our associates. So we want to provide some clarity. The ruling does not change Carhartt's mandatory vax program, which went into effect on January 4th. All right? Well, that's just ducky. I say act accordingly. I'm not calling for a boycott, but act accordingly. I know my life would change if Dicky said that. <laughs> I'd be finding other workwear than Dickie's. Trust me. We have a call already. Now, if I were psychic, I'd say Joe from Wyandotte. But, oh, there it is. Joe from Wyandotte already. Well, Joe, if we were going to have other topics, and you're wasting your, your one call per show by launching in early on Howard Stern. Go for it, Joe.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I saw that from him the other day uh, via Twitter and I, you know, I had the same kind of reaction as you, and it's just absurd. Howard Stern, uh, you know, he lost most of his audience because they actually grew up, but he never did. He's desperate to go woke to get some young, dumb people to tune in to save his dying career, which would be nothing nothing at all if not for the late great don imus rest in peace don there's a throwback
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i remember that yeah anything else any other thoughts on your mind i'll allow you to change the subject briefly since you stuck to mine oh
1: <laughs>
2: well i mean we're in life weekend uh we have uh, March for Life downriver tomorrow, since you Thank let you. me go there. Uh 1215, there'll be Rosary at Our, Our Lady of Montcalm Church, uh, which is on 10th, just north of Oak Street. And we will march from the church then over to have a prayer service at the Memorial Monument for the Unborn at Mount Carmel Cemetery, which is on North Line at 9th, and then there will be an open house from 2 to 3 at the Right to Life Michigan Resource Center on Eureka. So anyone, you know, a little closer this way, definitely would be nice to have you come out for that. I know it's cold, but, uh, I mean, we we got to show up for life, especially now with an opportunity to potentially have a real constitutional 14th amendment hearing about murdering kids in the room. So your thoughts on that.
0: (laughs) Good point. Well, my next notes were along those lines. My next show notes, uh um, Basically, I'm talking about how the government is trying to kill you, and they defend a practice that kills millions of humans in the womb. You know, the March for Life was yesterday in D.C. And if you were there, call in, please. The number is 734-822-1600. I will repeat that. 734-822-1600. I'd like you to call in. If you find the lines are busy... Don't worry, it's just that the lines are full, and I think they fill at two callers. <laughs> I called and another show this morning, no and I got busy. no coincidence
2: that this Build Back Better Bull slogan is used all over the planet now. You know, let's put on our tinfoil hat. But it's not conspiracy, because you can go to the United Nations website and see whatever they're calling it this week, whether it be Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030 or whatever the New World Order is calling it now. It's not conspiracy theory. It's fact. You can read it for yourself, and depopulation is indeed part of that.
0: Right. And... Be sure to tune in at 2 o'clock today for a moment of clarity where we're going to go along those lines further, Joe. Okay? A plug. Okay,
2: great. <laughs> hey, I gave a tease for uh MOC show then. All right, love you, brother. Take care. God bless. I'll be talking All to right. you after 2. Hey, then.
3: Now,
0: don't forget, don't stop listening just because you got your phone call in. There'll be no, a test. I, I may call out I, to you. I
2: will listen in, and uh, maybe Gary from Tucson will Gary you out there, Oshman, give us a yeah, call. Okay. All, <laughs> All right, right love thanks. You. I'll take and I'd care, like to see you, Joe,
0: and I'd like to hear some fresh callers too. I'm talking to you, Ken Beebe. So, well, they, like I was saying, they defend a practice that kills millions of humans in the womb, and the March for Life was yesterday, and there's a lot of optimism for the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Pretty much what Joe was just alluding to, and uh, Scottus Supreme Court of the U.S recently upheld this Texas law. Now, the Texas law, I believe, is a little problematic. You talk to people and they go, "Like, eh. in fact, there's some state where it was already being turned against conservatives, uh, I think, with gun laws. But if you're familiar with the S- Texas state law, it says they have a rule about abortions, but they're not prosecuting it. Individual civilians would then take violators to court. And somehow or other, Supreme Court said that's a good thing or at least allowed it to proceed, did not strike it down. Now, and I think that's because it was one of those things like we saw recently with the vax mandate. It was an emergency hearing about a stay, and they didn't grant a stay, right? Since they didn't grant a stay, it's not like a final ruling, but it goes down to a lower court where it still gets adjudicated. This stuff gets complicated. That's why we have Dave Coleman on occasionally, more than occasionally to explain it all to us. So the one thing about the Texas court deal is that it's, well, not the Texas court, Supreme court dealing with Texas shows a disposition to not interfere with abortion restrictions. Now you can just imagine if this were a full blown lib court or debased court, by all means, that law would have been struck down uh, or, you know, the state would have been granted while it goes through the courts. However, they let it go. We're still saving babies. So we'll see how this goes, all right? I am, I just want you to know, I I got a letter from one of our listeners. I'm not gonna out him. But he questioned, if I'm pro-choice on the vax, why am I not pro-choice on abortion? And I think it's because he's a libertarian. And I I get that view, get the government out of our lives. But I'll explain why I am pro-choice and pro-life. Okay, there's an opportunity for the phones to ring, 734-822-1600. I am pro-choice and pro-life. I believe the fetus should have a choice. And since it can't talk and we can't read its mind, it's not good at sign language yet on the ultrasounds, can't hold up a little sign it's scribbled that doesn't have a pen or a marker. So I think we should give it time to voice It's choice, okay? So let it come out, learn to read, talk, sign language, whatever. And then we can ask it, would you like to live or not? Now, I know that many a teenager later in life will lament over ever having been born. But that's a passing phase. You know, that's often outlived. So there you go, outlived. Is that supposed to be punny? So regardless, let the fetus have a choice at life. Oh, and when it grows up, let it have a choice on whether a medical procedure is performed on it via injection with uh, uh, genetic altering, can't even call them chemicals, devices, all right? There you go. One thing that was really cool at the Dobbs hearing for, well, I I should say, excuse me, in in June, Uh, The Supreme Court will have a a decision on Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which is the Missouri case that everybody thinks is going to really upset the apple cart on Roe v. Wade. And we, we must continue to pray that it does. Remember, as people will tell you, this doesn't stop abortion in America, but it stops it in the states that are willing to stop it, Michigan being one of those so far. So in fact, right now, Father, would you please, as the as the Supreme Court justices are deliberating on this case, would you please reveal to them the wisdom of allowing babies in the womb to live? In Jesus' name, Amen. See, that's that's warfare. Every now and then it occurs to me to do that. Not often enough, but that's what my wife's here for. So, anyways, during the initial hearings on the Dobbs case, there was some back and forth between the justices and between some of the witnesses. And one of the witnesses was arguing for the uh, um, abortion clinic in Mississippi. And Clarence Thomas asked her a very pointed question. I wanna play this for you. I think I played it before, but I won't play it again.
4: I understand we're talking about abortion here, but what is confusing is that we, if, if we were talking about the Second Amendment, I know exactly what we're talking about. If we're talking about the Fourth Amendment, I know what we're talking about. Because it's written, it's there. What specifically is the right here that we're talking about?
2: Well, Justice Thomas, I think that the court in those other contexts with respect to those other amendments has had to articulate what the text means and the bounds of the constitutional guarantees. And it's done so through a variety of different tests that implement First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, Fourth Amendment rights. So I don't think that there is anything unprecedented or anomalous about the right that the court articulated in Rowan Casey and the way that it implemented that right by defining the scope of the liberty interest by reference to viability and providing that that is the moment when the balance of interest tips and when the state can act to prohibit a woman from from getting an abortion based on its interest in protecting the fetal life at that point.
4: So the right specifically is abortion?
2: It's the right of a woman prior to viability to control whether to continue with a pregnancy,
0: yes. Thank you. Perfect. Now, like he was alluding to with the Fourth Amendment, let me speak more clearly to, say, the First Amendment, the right to speech. Well, we know what we're talking about. There's no like hidden hidden value in there. Like uh, um, I can't even imagine anything. I can't make it up like a leftist debased person would. But we know we're talking about speech, second amendment. We're talking about guns, all right? So when they find this right to privacy in the constitution, which was the basis for Roe v. Wade, they never found that she had a right to an abortion. They found that her right to privacy And keeping it between her and her doctor kept anybody else from getting involved in it. Well, that's been the argument all along that they have a right to privacy. And yet this woman came out at Justice Thomas's urging and said, oh, no, not really. It's actually about abortion. To which Justice Thomas is the correct reply is, and to anybody else who listened to that exchange, I'm talking to you, Kavanaugh. And I'm talking to you, Gorsuch and Comey. And I'm talking to you, Roberts. Anybody who listened to that inquiry would know that the argument's over whether abortion is in the Constitution, not a right to privacy. All right. So that's 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 about all I have to say on that right now. Is that we we're just gonna follow this. We're gonna continue praying. Um you know, last Sunday I went and had dinner with friends at their house, which was really nice because we sat in there. They they live in a, a very, very old farmhouse. And we sat there looking out at the fields and we talked for hours and hours. And it was just sweet. We watched the sun go down as we're having a really deep discussion. The thing is, I'd like to have a discussion here. You've got a call and we've only got a half hour left. All right, so I'm gonna play some topics and you get to call and we get to talk about them. Once again, phone number is 734-822-1600, all right? So let's start with something here. I think we've got like three minutes left. This is pretty cute. This girl thanks her school board. I'm sure she does, somewhere.
5: Um, and I'm here to say thank you. Thank you school board and Superintendent Bridges for not using your power to push back on the state of Illinois about the mask mandate. We get to wear masks all day, every day now, isn't that great? Thank you for forcing me to wear a mask so I no longer have to brush my teeth or wash my face. Seriously, my life is so much easier. I don't wear glasses, but if I did, I would thank you for concealing my eyes with the fog from my breath too. Thank you for teaching students that our own mental health is much less important than making triple vaccinated adults feel safe thank you for teaching me that even the most minute risk is not worth taking life is best when you take the path of least resistance with no chance of failure and definitely no chance of catching a cold thank you for not reaching out to the students to ask how we feel about masks because if you did the majority of students would say that they hate masks and then you might second guess your decision to make us wear them thank you for allowing me to experience the anxiety associated with never seeing facial expressions Thank you for teaching us that we should never question authority or think critically, but instead we should follow whatever the people in charge tell us to do. Obedience is best. I realize now that thinking for yourself is overrated and not really necessary when you can just make decisions based on fear. Thank you for pushing your irrational fears and anxieties on me because I didn't already have enough to worry about. I realize now how easy it, I had it when I only had to worry about my classes, my grades, SAT, and getting into college.
0: It's good to hear a kid be grateful, isn't it? A kid that's thankful and sarcastic as kids are. Join us after the break. Come on back. Welcome back. The radio. Yes, that's a group called For Him. Great gospel singers. Really enjoy listening to them. That's one of their better ones too. Uh, very encouraging. Turn up the radio. If you can't hear me, turn up the radio. And uh, of course, when we come back from break, I should turn up the volume too because I had faded out my music player from the previous clip I played and wondering what's wrong here. All right. So once again, the number is 734 734- 734 Back in the 80s, we had cable, and I remember flicking through the channels, and I saw a guy sitting behind a microphone in what looked like his den. He was just sitting there smoking a cigar, and that's all. We were, were just watching him sit there, smoke a cigar. And after a while, he says, look, either the phones start ringing or I'm just going to sit here and smoke my cigar and show you pictures of my wife and my horses and my farm. And he did. And all these pictures are, I swear to you, that's what the guy did. He paid for airtime just to sit there and wait for the phones to ring. I don't play that game. The guy actually, his name was Dr. Scott, I think. And, you know, he was a a, a preacher in, in LA. And I actually have some friends who knew him when he was around here. And, um, Kind of a weird guy. He went to California and that did it to him. So uh, once again, 74-822-1600. So we've got clips to play, okay? We've got clips to play. And one of them here is about Joe Biden talking about what is going on and his feelings in the uh, press conference that he did the other day is a, a major two-hour-long press conference. And... Um, I'm being told that via text that the lines are blocked. Derek, do you know anything about that? That's interesting. (laughs) That would be (laughs) Joe got through. At least there's that. So uh, anyways, Biden had something he wanted to tell Vladimir Putin uh, via television. Here it is.
4: I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable. If it invades, and it depends on what it does, it's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further invade Ukraine and that our allies and partners are ready to impose severe cost and significant harm on Russia and the Russian economy.
0: Well, that's been in the news quite a bit, you know, that there's been a lot of people making commentary on that. I don't think we've had any clarification from the White House what a minor incursion would be. My wife and I just watched a movie recently. It was kind of, I'll tell you something fun here. It's a movie called The Cokesville Miracle, and it's about a true story. And this uh, uh, madman, actually, has a bomb, and he takes over this school, and he has as his assistant, his wife, heard all the kids into the classroom. She's a real cheery sort. And all the kids from all the other classes and teachers, she gets them all in this one. Come here, come here. We're having this big special presentation. And this guy's sitting in this room. And he's got this bomb he's rigged up, right? Well, somebody was led, one of the teachers was led to play a game. And they taped this area off around the guy with his bomb and said, nobody's allowed to cross the line. That's part of the game we're going to play. And this one kid sits there and he keeps doing what's called a minor incursion. And he keeps looking at the, the the mad bomber and he puts his toe across the line and takes it back. He puts his toe across the line and brings it back. That's a minor incursion. Now, how many tanks have to go across the Ukrainian border for a minor incursion? I'll tell you something funny else funny about that scene. So the kid's looking at the killer who's just scowling at the kid like, kid, you're pushing the line here. And the kid looks at him and says, your breath smells like peaches. And the killer looks at the bomber, looks at him and says, I haven't eaten any peaches. And the kid says, oh, no, peaches is my dog. (laughs) Well, okay, I thought it was funny. So minor incursion, is that like one tank, two tanks, three tanks? Is that like? Five miles, six miles, and then kind of do you have to back off or what? What is a minor incursion? Maybe like taking the Crimea like Biden and Obama let Vladimir Putin do when Obama was president? Is that a minor incursion taking over a large portion of the country? And of course, you know, people want to know. They want answers. And so Biden the next day. is what he had to say. By the way, the
4: reason we're not going to have any time for questions now is these guys got to get quickly on the plane and go out and do a major announcement in Ohio. And you guys will ask me all about Russia.
0: Yeah, wouldn't we? Really transparent here. They're afraid to let him talk again. If they let him talk, he might make more stupid statements. All right. Now, there's a connection between the Ukraine and the vax, it turns out. And Brit Hume made that
2: Administration officials tell Ukrainians
0: worried about a Russian invasion to get vaccinated. Told that vaccinations won't keep you from getting invaded. They say they're not surprised because it won't keep you from getting Omicron either. (laughs) That's news you need to know. So also in the news, Joe Biden had said this at a at a speech. This, this is amazing the way the way the guy talks it's a, it's amazing this guy had said this uh martin luther king day and he was talking about the uh voter rights bill that they want to pass all right it used to be called uh, hs1 i think last year when they were trying to do it and this year i don't know what the number is but it's not going anywhere anyhow thank you jesus for joe manchin and Kristen cinema of Arizona and, and West Virginia, respectively. But Biden had this to say about voting. It was kind of obtuse. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace?
4: Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide, to defend our elections, to defend our
0: democracy. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that absolutely amazing? uh, Joe Biden would ask you, do you want to be on the side of Martin Luther King, who was a registered Republican, okay? Or do you want to be on the side of Bull Connor, who was a registered Democrat? Or do you want to be on the side of, Jefferson Davis, the first, well, the president of the Confederate States of America, who was a Democrat. Or would you like to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln, who was, of course, one of the founders of the Republican Party, the first American Republican president? It's an odd choice for for, uh, uh, Joe Biden to give us, I think. Um, Let's see what else is going on here is there's um, actually when it comes to the voting rights, I'm looking for a clip I had here. I'm not seeing it, which is a real shame because uh, I'm talking because it would be dead air if it wasn't. Nobody's calling in. So, <sighs> oh, I know what happened. I walked over that clip because I inserted it after Joe's clip. and sorry about that. But it is a Republican, Jamal Bowden.
4: same uh, conversations need to happen when it comes to S1. The same relationships uh, need to be used that the the president has built over the course of his career to make sure we pass S1. Again, the American people have sent us here to deliver, if we deliver we maintain power in 2022. If we don't and we show the inability to deliver, then we risk losing power and risk this moment in American history to really push a progressive democratic agenda.
0: Okay, so let's be straight here. They wanna rig the election again because they know it's. they're not gonna win it unless they can rig the votes again like they did the last one. Now, what's happened since... The last election where states voting laws were overridden illegally by their attorney generals and by their governors and by other uh, voting commissions and not by their state legislatures the way they would have had to have been because they were overridden and uh, ballot harvesting was allowed. And uh, oh, geez dumping, putting garbage cans on waste on, on corners uh, of, of everywhere and saying, just put your votes in here. It'll be all right. All these things that uh, um, mail-in voting without signatures, all these things that allowed them to steal an election, they just flat out stole the last election. These states have said, hey, we're going to clean that up. And so many states are cleaning up their voting laws and saying that won't happen again. And what's happening? The feds, the Democrats in the House and in the Senate, but they can't get through. They can't get it past Mansion and Cinema because they won't override the. Um, oh, Derek, do you know the term I'm thinking of? The filibuster. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate that. And. Uh, They won't override the filibuster because of tradition and because they know it could come around to bite them the next time they are in power and the Republicans want to do something with a slim majority in the Senate. So they're being wise here and so the Democrats now are pushing this for the People Act, the Voting Rights Act, all this stuff. So that they can rig the next election and override state law, it's unconstitutional. But it would take a while before that got sorted out, given this uh, Supreme Court that we have. We have a caller on the phone, Walter. Walter, my brother, what's up?
3: Ed, man, you you nailed it, man. Um, wow. About the the plan is to try to steal the midterms. I've been saying that for months, way back. And you know, what, you know, what, what? I'm going to ask you a question. What amazes me about what you just said? what the dirty crats are trying to do. Why haven't yeah. I heard one congressperson on that floor put it as specific as you just did. Us us laymen, you're late, you're a layman, even though you're famous, you're on the radio. But in a sense, we're laymen. And I say that all the time on our radio shows. I say they're trying to steal the midterms. That's why they are coming up with these, uh, lies, these, this racism, this, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, Playbook, all the things that the Democrats say. Uh, they had one previous to this one about the voter rights. Okay, I'm going to go on record right now as an African American. There is no voter suppression toward black people in America. You being black, I'm being black, I tell you what, Ed, I'm a reason I'm going to debunk that flat out laugh from the streets of the pits of hell. Uh, of course, I, I live in a community lived in a community in Belleville outnumbered by whites. My wife and I were going Very seldom did we see any uh, black person come in at voting place in our district there. Nobody ever stopped us from voting. Nobody ever harassed us when we entered the voting place, voting place. No white. <laughs> give, ever me, did. give me a
0: second. Walter, Walter, I got to chime in. I got to tell you when I go to vote and I go to vote at Rossville Elementary I'm sure you know where that is yes, and sir. I am surrounded by black people and you know who's <laughs> sitting at the tables taking my license checking my voter ID my as uh, my photo ID making sure I'm registered giving me a ballot I think every last one of them is an extremely pleasant person of what we refer
3: to as color yeah yes good example and and mine's a good both of two good examples from two different people god's creation that's what i see it Uh, but uh yes that is so true there is no voter suppression nobody's been stopped from voting because of their color the democrats made it up they're making it up um like you said to try to steal the midterms to shut everything and, and oh yeah i forgot about the covid the delta variant the omicron that instead of him saying the omicron joe biden he should say i am a con that's exactly what he is <laughs> uh, that's right to try, and it's all to try to steal the midterms to shut everything down to get the mail in votes you nailed it i've haven't heard one person in congress including ted cruz and none of them say that well let me ask you this question uh, who's the biggest liar of the last um, previous year, going into this year,
0: it's a contest. I'm I'm not sure. It's it's, it's neck and neck. <laughs> Give me your impression.
3: That one guy who you played on that soundbite, Joe Biden, and you know what? He is, such, oh, okay, he is yeah. such a big, he's such a big pandering liar, trying to pander to the black people. Even though he sounded like a up, uh, he like he sounded like a stand up drunk. The way he was standing, stumbling over his words, addressing the country, how embarrassing. Uh, he's the biggest liar. And by the way, he lies so much, there's actually hope for Obama and the devil now. That's right. Walter, stick stick
0: around for a second. I want to play a Joe Biden clip for you because there's so many good ones. I just just go through and comb the internet looking for Joe Biden clips. Listen to this one. (laughs) That's hilarious. To deliver
4: jobs and justice, to protect the sacred right to vote, the right from which all other rights flow. The attack on our democracy is real from the January 6th insurrection to the onslaught of Republicans anti voting laws in a number of states. It's no longer just about who gets to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. It's about two insidious things, voter suppression and election
0: subversion. Now, it just for one, the guy's channeling his inner Joe Stalin. Because I don't know if you've heard this before, but that's a famous quote of Joe Stalin. I don't care who votes, it's who gets to count the votes. And who's been counting the votes? The Democrats, you know, in all the major big cities. And then when he goes on to talk about voter subversion and voter suppression, well, yeah, what do you call bringing in truckloads of votes at three o'clock in the morning, pulling Cases of votes out from a table after you scared everybody out of the vote counting arena by telling them there's a flood when, when a toilet was leaking, right?
3: Hey, Ed, I want you to keep bringing up on your show. How the last election was stolen. And it was, there's no way in the world. This man won the election. Uh, he's a counterfeit. He's a imposter and intruder of the white house. The occupant, I will never ever call him president. I will call him resident, non-resident of the white house. And also, I want you to keep mentioning about how they stole the election from Trump so he can make the three witches of Michigan mad. Dana Nestle, the Attorney General, want to weaponize her office against people like us that talks like that. That's right. And she's already put the threat out. She's going after people. It mentioned that challenges the last election. What about what they're doing now? These little liars, man. They're, they're trying to challenge the midterms right now before even get started. What hypocrites. Instead of saying... Uh, uh, you know, voter suppression and all that stuff, man, you, you know what? They just, they just make up stuff. They just conjure up stuff. They go to bed thinking about how they can wake up the next day and lie and scheme and deceive. Um, and, oh yeah, they love to use the word democracy. You know, I heard a litany of uh, soundbites and different radio shows. They played all these Democrat politicians using the word "the de- Republicans trying to steal our democracy. No, they should say they're trying to get rid of our hypocrisy. That's what they are, hypocrites. I'm out of here, man. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Walter. Thanks for calling, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Gee, I never knew Walter was black. I mean, all those times, you know, we'd get together and be in Bible study together, and you'd think I'd have caught on to that. Oh. Well, so it um, looks like we've got another caller coming in, and Tom from Detroit. All right, well, let's hear what Tom has to say.
1: Yeah, you were talking about uh, Biden mandates earlier. Yeah. And I I remember uh, this uh, Afghanistan when, uh, you know, the generals and what have you uh, advised him not to do what he did, and he went and and did it anyways, and, you know, did it the Biden way, and it was a disaster. And, I mean, I'm just wondering if he got his... uh, medical license and certification, uh, or his a uh, virology, uh, certification from the same place he got his, uh, military PhD, his military st- strategy, PhD, you know,
0: you know, yeah. Well, like I was saying earlier in my lead in, you know, ineptocracy, the guy's totally inept and it seems like everyone around him is inept and you just wonder who is really calling the shots though. I mean, obviously, Biden said what they didn't want him to say about Ukraine and an incursion. Because the next day, his chief of staff, I think he is, uh, comes out and he says, oh, no, we didn't mean that at all. Oh, well, then why'd he say it if he didn't mean it? Is he that? I mean, do you know? I mean, when a diplomat misspeaks, you get into a war with Iraq over Kuwait, right? If they say the wrong thing, if a diplomat misspeaks, if I recall, somebody was listing out somebody in the State Department was listing out all of the uh, areas that were important around about us uh, to us around the world, and they left out South Korea. <laughs> and what do you know? The next thing you know, we're in the Korean War because we telegraphed it wasn't important to us, and now. We've got him saying, well, a minor incursion in the Ukraine. You you know, what do you think? You think they're inept or there's something really weird going on in the background?
1: Well, he used to play football. Uh, so did I. I think maybe he's been hitting the head too many times. That's kind of the way it looks to me. Um, yeah, plus I had a couple of bad closed-head injuries. Uh, you know, it
5: gets, oh, it, it gets hard, Tom. To, Tom. hard
1: to keep a train of thought, I think um tom you're opening yourself up to the same criticism. i mean fine you know i i'm like i am and i'm happy there's nobody i'd rather be than me so you know i mean if people don't like that that's that's okay you know
0: not everybody likes everybody
1: or everything
0: few people know and certainly before the election that biden had two major brain surgeries he had a stroke i mean we you know i I'm not criticizing people who've had brain surgeries because uh, my wife's had a few, and she's wonderful, and you'd never know that to talk to her. But you know, president of the United States, stroke—that's a different story. That's uh, uh, it gets kind of scary. Any other things in closing, Tom?
1: Well, uh, just uh, you know, I think I think uh, we got to look at ourselves. As soon as you know, when the governor started doing these lockdowns, I never. Uh, constitutional authority for that you know I couldn't couldn't quite articulate it you know I mean it's not expressly written but I I just don't think governors have that that authority yet people let it slide and I think we're causing ourselves a lot more trouble than we need Um, you know but it's over now so we'll have to do the best we can. Well
0: the legislature's Let it slide. That's the thing. I'm going to play another clip for you, Tom. Just got a couple minutes left. If that, I'm going to play a clip for you real quick here.
4: There's a lot we have to do. It's not going to be easy, but I think we can get it done. But it's going to be painful for a lot of people in the meantime. That's why the single best way, the single best way to take the burden off middle class and working class folks is to pass the Build Back Better piece that are things that they're paying a lot of money for now. If you get to trade off higher gases you're putting up with higher price of hamburgers and and gas versus whether or not you're gonna have to you're gonna be able to pay for uh, education and or um, uh, 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 child care it's-
0: see i'm i'm really willing and we're out of time tom thanks for calling but i'm really willing to pay more for my meals and my transportation so that somebody else can have cheaper education and welfare for their kids well folks that's pretty much it the time today for your american heritage please tune in next week i promise you we'll have a better show stay tuned for a moment of clarity god bless you america god bless america and i should say america bless god thank you